anyway. But lovely to have all of you here today. Thank you for joining us and being with us. I know it's very hot, uh, and I only have a short time frame in which my body begins to boil, literally boil. So to many women out there, I can identify in part with some of you who had this experience or, or are having this experience. Um, there are some medical folk that will, you know, counsel us at this time. And uh, so, yeah, here we go. Is that okay? Sorry. But you all had a good year, a New Year's uh, celebration. It was lovely. I think it was great to be with family. And if you're with family, great. Joyce's brother, Martin, and his wife, Jenny, has come to join us. And Crystal was with us. She left, uh, gone back home. And, uh, yeah, it's just great to have family around. And to our guys from Madagascar, once again, lovely to have you here. Am I doing okay? Should I step back? Is that okay? All right. So it was October the 29th, 1941, Winston Churchill had been the Prime Minister of England for about a year. He came into office in the darkest of times. Within days of him taking office of England's closest ally, France fell to Germany. Much of the year was spent in the darkness of an anticipated invasion. But by the end of the year, things had begun to turn. Germany had chosen to invade Russia, making a country that was once an ally and enemy. America had agreed to supply England with weapons and supply. The times were still dark. Defeat loomed as possible. Outcome, there was a flicker of hope. On this day, Churchill had been asked to come and speak at the school he attended, the Horrow School. The speech that he gave that day against the background of war and looming defeat is ranked as one of the greatest speeches in history. At the center of the message was these words, never give in, never give in, never, never, never. These are words that we could all use reminding us of sometimes, not just at the start of the new year, but wherever times are difficult and when they are difficult, when things look dark and gloomy, and these feet seems to be a possibility, we must stand. And as a household of faith, as children of God, we stand firmly in a few things today. And I'm going to highlight that. And the major thrust of my talk today is living in the power and promise of His presence. It will lead us to five points I'm going to share with us. And so today as we're going to look at what God said to a man who was facing an era in a journey of God's people, Joshua himself, it was a difficult path. And take note, Joshua now has to lead this people. He was the second in command. Moses was the main man. You know all the things Moses did. Moses led the people out of Egypt. He was just a man who got to encounter God face to face. Moses led the people towards the Red Sea, speaking to God. God gave him a command you know, use the rod, you open up the Red Sea, the people pass through. There was some opposition they had to encounter. Moses, by having his hands raised, you recall the story, if not, go and read it in Exodus. It says, and even the sun stood still, so that they could win the battle. Now, Joshua is the second man. He's in com uh, second in command here. Basically, he's being mentored by Moses, if you would want to say that. And he's witnessing all this. And then the story comes to him. 
Moses, my servant, is no longer. So God is calling Joshua at a quite a difficult time. Joshua has to process many things. So we're looking at a book of Joshua in chapter 1, which is not only a historical book, but also a practical book. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11 says, These things happen to them as an example and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages had come. So let's read the first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, just watch this space. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now in Deuteronomy, it says God gave him 40 days to go and grieve. The Israelites were crying. They were weeping. They were in all sorts. They were, and God gave him 40 days. Okay? God waited for that to happen, and then he says, right, Joshua, get up. We're going. So when one leader goes, God doesn't contemplate, now, hang on, do I have a, another guy in supply? He just did this. Moses is dead. Joshua, let's go. And that's amazing of how God operates. He's a God who has forward planning. He's a God who has planned everything well. Nothing catches him by surprise. 2022 doesn't catch him by surprise. I want to tell you that as we find ourselves to live in the power and promise of his presence. So we continue reading. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea on the west side. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. What a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from me to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you... Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let us just pray. Lord, we ask that by your word you would transform us. By our, your word we will be enlightened. By your spirit we will be moved to do all that you have purposed for us. As we remain in your presence. We want to be in your presence 24-7. Lord, we want to live in it. We want to live on the, in the power. We want to live on your promises. And we want to speak about it as long as we have breath in our lungs. So come and be glorified in our midst this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
and amen. In this passage, we can learn about how God moves in the world and how God wants to move in and through us as we live in the power and promise of His presence. You see, God has a plan for the world, but also for each person individually. He desires to have a relationship with them. He wants to empower them by His Spirit. So God's desire is to move in the world and to do so through His people. Let me be more personal. God's desire is to move in the world through you. And if you want to call Him your Savior, if you do not know Him as Lord and Savior, today is the day you can call on Him. Call on me in your time of need and I will rescue you. This is the day of salvation, says the Lord. Today, if you call on me, I will respond. When my sheep call on my name, I will hear them and I will respond. I will give them new life. Ephesians 2, which is a parallel New Testament book to Joshua, verse 9 says, And we are saved by grace, not of works, nothing that we can boast of, but by faith in Christ Jesus. So today, this is an invitation to you to come and enjoy this new life. Commit to following Him. Then His desire is to move in and through you. We who have committed to Jesus, by His Spirit, He wants to move us into all that He has purpose for us. He wants to use human instrumentation. So God had used Moses to bring His people out of slavery through the wilderness and to the point that they were now ready to enter into the promised land. Sadly, Deuteronomy 34, if you read that. So not only is uh, this book of Joshua picking up, uh, it's an historical setting, but also there's something of an emotional uh, uh, vibe going on in here, if I would use a term like that. Because you, you sense this, Moses couldn't get to the promised land. All that he was moving towards, he couldn't get there because of disobedience. I have to highlight that. God calls us to obey. And he's no respecter of person. Moses, you're my great servant. You're a great man. There was no one like Moses, says the scripture. Yet when he disobeyed, he could not enter. We want to be obedient by the power of the Spirit working in us in 2022. We may have slipped up in 2021. We may have not fulfilled all God has called us to do. But in 2022, we are saying we are giving our all to the King of glory. And Joshua's standing, seeing this. Moses died. God takes him away to a mountain and Nebo and shows him the land. He views everything beautiful. But it's not just about the land. It's more than just what he's about to receive. It was God's presence. You know, Moses all the time in Exodus, Lord, I want to be in your presence. God comes and dwells amongst the Israelites, even to the point that there's a blueprint for the tabernacle, which I shared on a few weeks ago. And today, in the New Testament age, we have His presence here with us because He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, that is where I am, and that's to bless. By His Spirit dwelling in us, we have the power of His presence with us. But we do not want to hinder that with disobedience. So He dies. There's sadness. Joshua's probably thinking, you know what's happening? The man's gone up to the mountain. This is not the first time this has happened. Last time the guys went AWOL. They built a calf. This time, hang on, he's not coming back. But God speaks to him. Revelation comes to Joshua. Not imagination that happened to the Israelites. They ran with imagination, and they built a calf. No, what happens with uh, uh, Joshua is he's waiting on revelation. Revelation takes us into intimacy. Oh, intimacy of heart, of mind, of this oneness in this. To all those who are 
celebrating marriage. One is, may God continue to bless you, even in 22. May there be a richness of your union that others around may see how faithful your God is, even in keeping you together in the unity and the covenant of marriage. So now, his desire was to use Joshua to lead the people into the land and take possession of it. This was going to be a difficult and challenging task ahead. It was not going to be easy. It was going to be hard. But God wanted to do it by using this man, Joshua. Now, the name Joshua means Yeshua, which translated also means Jesus. Right? So Jesus is Yeshua in the New Testament. Joshua is our Old Testament Yeshua. It's amazing. God takes him to take the people into the more he has for them. The promises of God is not that you won't have to fight Joshua. Joshua's going to fight. So Canaan is not a picture of heaven. Okay, I have to just bring that in. It's not a picture of heaven because in heaven we're not going to be fighting. There's not going to be enemies we have to conquer. Okay, but we're going into the more that God has for us in this day where we take up a different weapon. As Joshua had to take up a sword, we take up the sword of the Spirit. We come up against all the wiles of the enemy to bring it asunder. And we bring about the kingdom of God in our approach, in our forward movement. So the promise is that not that you won't fight, nor that you won't have struggles. The promise is that I will be with you. The promise is bigger than the land. The promise is bigger than the provision or the healing, or making a way where there seemed to be no way. The promise is the power of His presence. We may be praying for things. Lord, but you're not doing this. One thing we can be assured of is the power of His presence with us. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there is pleasures forevermore. The only thing certain in the text is the presence of God. He says, I've got you, my child. I've got your back, Josh. You're not on your own. I've got you. New Testament, Jesus says, we are in the palm of his hand. Nothing, nothing, say nothing, nothing. will snatch us out of his grip. Nothing, nothing. Isn't that a wonderful assurance? So there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He's holding us. It's holding us tight. 2022, bring it on. He's holding us. We're in His presence. We're living in His power when we're living on His promises. So living in the power and promise of His presence will lead us to point number one, the priority of meditating on His Word. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Your Word have I hid in my heart so that I will not sin, I will not rebel, I will not re uh, uh, surrender to evil, but I will be able to resist and overcome and live victorious. So it's not just we keep it in our head. It's got to be in our heart. Head knowledge is not good, just good for us. We need to let it go, as, as Spurgeon says, 30 centimeters down into the heart. Let it take there. Because, oh, in the heart is where everything happens in man. It's where the will of man, as, as it were, begins to wrestle with the things of God. Verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night. Speak of it 
speak the word of God to each other. Sing songs of praise as we've done this morning. Songs of uh, as an encouragement to each other. Speak life. All this power in the tongue where we can just speak the word of God to each other. This is what Terry Virgo calls soaking yourself in the word. It is indeed the bread of life for the life in the spirit. We want to soak ourselves in the word in 2022. If you've just been coming on and getting your fix just on a Sunday or just on a life group time, we want to, and I want to encourage all of us to be diligent to search the scriptures, to read the word, to meditate upon it. Psalm 119 uh, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We meditate on what will not pass away. That's so beautiful. About it. Your word will never pass away. Oh, it is forever fixed in heaven. Why? Because John 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. We meditate to develop greater intimacy with our heavenly father. I love Mother Teresa when asked, when you meditate on God's word, what do you say? She said, nothing. And this theologian was a theologian, by the way, and he's just like, okay, um, so you say nothing. What does God say? She says, nothing. Okay. She said, I just allow him to invade me with his presence. Now that is big. Think about Elijah. Elijah could go and say, there'll be no rain for three years. Oof, done. Where did that come from? From an intimacy he had with God. Something happened. And then he could say, right, the rain will come to an end. There's something about intimacy. I know Joyce. You don't. I'm sorry, Derek. I mean, you know. Okay, Cassandra, you don't know her. I know Joyce. Joyce's brother don't even know Joyce the way I know Joyce. Hey. There's something that's amazing about intimacy. Okay? Yeah. There's some silly things Joyce does, especially when she sleeps. But it's cool. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yo, you gave me cherries. That's fine. No. But it's just, I know her. And this is when we get to know the heart of God, the mind of God. And as Philippians writes and Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not Robbie to be equal with God, but yet took the form of a servant. Let this mind be in you. And this is what we want for 2022. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. You want the verse for that? Hebrews 4 verse 12. It's a sharper, sharper than any two-edged sword. The Word of God. It's alive and active. Secondly, living in the power and promise of His presence will lead to becoming a people of destiny. A particular or a peculiar people, as Paul says. Take note, God, especially in the writing of verse 2, the verse 2, it says, Now then, you and these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. And then it says, to the Israelites. They were God's chosen people. Take note, he chose them by the father Abraham. There was a family. Then they come into Jacob. That's a, a nation now being formed there. And then he brings them into this bigger picture of now they're going to take a land. And this all culminates in the New Testament in the bride of Christ. Isn't it amazing? So this beautiful, what we see as the pride and joy of God becomes the bride and joy of Christ. Isn't it amazing? You catch that? The bride and joy of God. So the Israelites are God's chosen people. They are loved by God. They are led by God. They are protected by God. They are redeemed from slavery by God. They were healed by God. You know where that happened? You remember one time? They were disobedient. 
the serpents came up and they were biting him. And God said, now just make a little bronze serpent, raise it up, Moses. And as he lifted up the serpent, all those who looked were healed. All who looked, the picture of that is the New Testament. And all who looked to Jesus, who hangs on the cross, will be saved. Will be saved. So yes, they were also not only healed, they were fed by God. And that all ended just before they were going over to Jericho, uh, going to take over Jericho. God says, before we cross over Jordan, now you guys prepare a meal. Manna time is over. I'm not giving you any more manna. You know how manna came? It was their blessing. Hey? It never came into their tent. It fell just outside their tent. So they had to reach for it. Maybe this year God is saying, I just want you to reach for what I have for you. You've got to get up and move towards it. Okay? Some of us just been very, very lethargic. And maybe because of COVID, it has set us in a different trajectory. We want the Spirit to quicken us again, as Romans 8, 11 says. May the same Spirit who has raised Jesus from the dead quicken us again to do the things of God in the time that we have and the time that lie ahead. So not only did they experience all of God's care and compassion, they also experienced the power of His presence, even by the ark of the covenant being in the midst of the people. They were a people of destiny. God came and met with them. He came to meet with them. He came to dwell amongst them. The Lord in the midst of them is mighty. Zephaniah 3 verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Oh, what amazing, eh? God is a muser, man. He loves singing. God is moving his people from a wandering people to a settled people. In the land he promised to their father Abram, Joshua 3 tells us that in three days they will cross over the Jordan. In three days. Where did we hear this three days before? Anybody recall? In three days, Jonah was in the belly of the well. And that's a picture of what? Three days, Jesus will be in the grave. And, well, two days, and then on the third day, well, he's the third day, and on the third day, he will rise again. Okay? That's the newness we're looking for. Okay, so just as that wandering people, we're going to go across the Jordan in three days, we too cross from darkness into light because of what Christ has done on the cross. A new era will begin for the Israelites. In the New Testament, we read about Christ being raised in three days. Resurrection is the beginning of the new era for the believer. We have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Do you know, without Christ, you are dead. Christ makes us alive. Even if I give you a Bible and you don't know Christ, everything will just be words. But when you are born again, when the Spirit of God gives you life, you read things differently. It will become clear to you. Hey, because it's the Spirit of God that quickens us to know the things and the mind of God. Thirdly, living in the power and promise of His presence will lead us to be bold and courageous. This is godly morale. Be strong and courageous, verse 6. And 7 again, be strong and courageous. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. There's a command to this, be strong and courageous. To be on mission with God, we have to be strong. We have to be courageous. We're going to have to take territory for the king. Picture of my friends in India. In India, it's not a, India is not a Christian country. But when I see my friend Sunil and those pastors that he's working with in Delhi, Dehradun, Rajasthan, going to areas that are maybe Buddhist areas or Muslim areas, 
I mean, they fight. They get in there in a holy fight against everything that come up against the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But they're going with the word, the sword of the spirit, and there's a boldness that rises up in them. Where does this come from? It comes from spending time in the presence of God, getting his power enthused into them to be able to do that. All missionaries, if you think throughout the ages, if you think about Blake and Rachel being bold enough to sail across the ocean, well, they didn't sail, they flew across, and go into unknown territory. It was new to you. Maybe you've never been there before, and God is calling us to areas that we've never been in before. Joshua, you're coming into an area you've never been in before, but I will be with you. That's the encouragement to us. So be bold and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be bold. It's a boldness that comes because it's not an outworking of the muscles. So Joshua may have been a strong man, a warrior man. But when he had to lead the people, something of an inner strength had to come into play. And the scripture says it wasn't by might nor by power, and it is not that we move to do the things of God. It's by his spirit that we do this. So when you read this passage, the thing that just jumped out is to be strong and courageous. This is not leaning on your strength, but relying, is the key word here, on his power and his presence. I'm going with you. Uh, isn't that amazing? As a parent, you know, if your child, the room is dark and says, Dad, please come with me, or Mom, please come with me into that little space, and they're holding your hand, and you walk with them, there's a confidence in the child. My dad. Or somebody bullied your kid at school. I'm bringing my dad with tomorrow. And your guy at school. The principal gave him a smack. That was in my day. Just gave him a smack. He went home and got his dad. His dad was a fisherman in Cork Bay. His dad walked in there. I mean, that man had hands. Listen, there was boldness. There was gnashing, no, smashing of teeth. I, I don't know, just the way that dad walked in there. That boy just knew I can go to my father. In my father's presence, there is strength. You and I have this promise of God's power and his presence will be with us in this 2021. How many of you have had to face difficult challenges, obstacles in 2021? God is saying to you this morning, you'll be facing these things but I will be with you. And why are they coming there? To, as we, why will you be facing these things? They are there to take away the joy that you have, to empty of your strength, to rob you of your courage. So do not become entangled with the things of the world. Do not become entangled with all this idleness of even what the enemy said before you. But I want you to engage with God first through his word, knowing that you are chosen by him, a child of destiny, and that you want to live to be courageous and bold because he's commanded you and I to be courageous and bold. Be strong and courageous. I want to give you the greatest gift of my presence before you receive all that I'm promising you for 2022. And what has uh, many of your prayers been? Lord, I need this, this, and that. Has it been that? I don't know what it is. What our prayer must be before we start is, Lord, I want your presence. I want the power of your presence. I want to live in that. Therein is blessedness. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Say it with me. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Let's say this to our God. Let's give him the glory. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. God, you will never desert me. When everyone runs out on me, you won't desert me. If a loved one leaves me, you won't leave me alone. Even in times of death, when loved ones have to leave us, like my aunt. Jenny lost a dad, a brother, 
and a nephew in, during COVID. God says, I will be with you. I will be your portion. I will be your strength. What God do we have beside him who sits upon the throne? Yahweh, our God reigns. In 2022, come and give it to us. Our God's got our back. He's got our front. He's within us. Listen, he's all around us. He's working in and through us, and it's for his glory. When you live in a world with so many variables, you and I need an absolute. We need an absolute. I'm a little emotional now. We need an absolute. My God is an absolute in the face of all discussion out there. Our God is mighty, mighty to reign. To Joshua, he was the absolute Jehovah Shammah. Hey, the God who is relationally present. He is a God who engages you fully. He knows all about your struggles, troubles, challenges, and more. He knows all about it. Can identify with it. Oh, but on that day when he ascended to him, and he said, I sent you the comforter. I send you the one who's going to come and fortify you, the Holy Spirit. 2022, we need the fortifier. We want to live in his presence. Joshua, as Moses' right-hand man, needed external power. As a leader, he needed more than that. He needed the internal power of the Spirit working within him. Fourthly, living in the power and promise of his presence will lead us to ascending, ascending to possess all that was purposed and planned for us. So, as I said, Ephesians is the parallel book, the New Testament parallel book to Joshua. And the verse I want to look at is Ephesians chapter 2. For we are his workmanship. I'm using the amplified version. His own masterwork, a work of art. Come on, read it with me. Come on, read it with me. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we might walk in them, living the good life which he had prearranged and made ready for us. What an invitation. What an invitation eh, to respond to a God who has called us his masterpiece, his work of art. Poema, it's poetic uh, language. It's to say we are his poem the world doesn't read the scriptures. When we walk out here, they read you and my life. So let God write upon our lives so that others can see the wonderful power of his presence and his promises flowing through us. And lastly, living in the power and promise of his presence will lead us to be successful. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. There will be opposition, obviously, because he says, no one will stand against you means there's someone coming to stand up against you. You're going to have opposition. As I was with, I will be with. Now put it in the personal tone. As I was with, he will be with. As I was with Rigby, he will be with. As he was with Donnie, he will be with. As he was with Derek, he will be with. There's a testimony that comes out of this. A faithfulness of what God is doing. As he's been with Blake and Rachel for the five years that you've been out there. He will also be with us. 
He's encouraged your heart across the, uh, the ocean. He will encourage our hearts by his power, his presence, and his spirit today. Hear this. Nothing will stand in your way. No walls, no armies, no rebellious hearts. Nothing means nothing. Take note there to go over. And God says, him, right, the first little place you see, and you can read about that in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua doesn't send out 12 spies. He just sent out two spies. He thought, I'm not going to you know, mess around with 12 guys. Two guys know what to do. You know, Caleb and I got the thing done, so I'll just send out two guys. And they see this little place. It's a fortified city. Hang on. No fortified city. Nothing that is in holding can hinder what God wants to do. Right? God will bring walls down. He'll break through whatever seems impenetrable. God is able to do far more and exceedingly great and abundantly for all those who believe in what he's able to do. Come on. Come on. He's going to do it for us. Hey, we're going to take great, do great escapades for God in the new year. We're going to see his kingdom come in areas where it's not happened. Let me share a story with you. Without realizing this, I was invited to team with these guys from, um, from India. We spent time with them, and I just joined them on the Zoom platform. And the church being so wonderful, allowing me to use the Zoom platform go on there. We're engaging these guys. And what's been amazing was spending just through going through the prayer session with them. We pray, and these guys just pray. I'm telling you, you want to see these guys pray? I invite you to our prayer time in 2022. Come and join us. We do it online presently, right, class? Come and join us in this prayer time. Let me see these guys pray. Literally, they, they just like blow me. I mean, like uh, out of the water, like, yo, come on. You know, they want to do it. They, they just astound me. That's a bit of phrase. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, and you just see how these guys were moving steadily with what God wanted to do. They've actually gone to form a church. They started a church by just encouraging him along, moving along, without even knowing. And I said, Lord, what can I add to these guys? I mean, they're just so strong. They've got so much faith. God says, I want to use you. Just get ready for me to use you to come alongside those brothers. And you know what they said to me? We'd like to just be almost come alongside or under Common Ground Church, Constantia. We want them to be our, like, mothership. So I can tell you, Constantia, we've got a church out in India. It's called the City on a Hill in Dehradun, who says we want to be part of what God is doing through you to us and to the rest of the world. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. And it just took an invitation. I love Terry Berger when he says, it all starts with an invitation. God calls us from darkness to light by the polling of his spirit. He draws us by his spirit into this. And the invitation doesn't stop. He says to Joshua, now come, go with me. Let's do great escapades. I've purposed all this. I've planned it. I've got it for you. Don't worry. I'm going to do it in you, through you, and for you. You don't have to worry about where the power of the is coming on. Class, we know God's going to do it for us. Eh? You're purposing and planning. You're getting all the things going. God's going to do it through you, mighty man of warrior. He's going to do it through you. Let's speak it to our, our people. Eh? There's too many negative, low-down stuff. We're going to raise Jesus to the standard that he needs to be raised. The success is seeking his kingdom, living in the power and promise of his presence, and seeing his rule and reign come into the land that they were to possess. This was for the Israelites. In the spirit age, this is our mission, to sing his rule and reign come to every nation, tongue and tribe. Arise and shine, for your light has come. Arise, Joshua. Moses is dead. 2021 is past. Whatever happened before then is past. We're facing this new, eh? newness, news page. We're going to turn the page to something new. Eh? I love the song by for him. We turn the page for a new day has come. We rearrange what we have, what we've done. And then the whole song leads to back to the basics of faith. We're going to go back to the basics. 
We're going to trust in this mighty God who has called us into his family. Our takeaway is a declaration today as, we, as a church in 2022. I want you to go home and read this. Isaiah chapter 61 from verse 1 to 7. I do not have it on the slide. As I was coming to the slides, just in a bit earlier, and I, this just came to me, and I'll read it to you. This is our moment just to, as Joshua is told, purify yourself. Get ready. We're moving into. I want you to dedicate yourself afresh this morning, myself included, as we read through Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 7. And make this your prayer. The title is The Year of the Lord's Favor. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from the darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the uh, ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priest of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. Amen and amen. Thank you, Derek.